4: They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing the 16th Street Baptist Church bombing. Here's what you need to know. Nearly 100 years after the abolition of slavery, the Civil Rights Movement emerged in the 1950s due to the widespread segregation, discrimination, and racially motivated violence in the United States. Activism and nonviolent protests surged throughout the country, but particularly in the South, where Jim Crow laws barred Black Americans from public spaces. In 1963, Birmingham, Alabama was the most segregated city in America, and became the center of a desegregation campaign led by civil rights leaders including Martin Luther King Jr. The 16th Street Baptist Church had served as a social center, lecture hall, and gathering place for the city's African American community for over 50 years, and soon became headquarters for civil rights mass meetings and rallies. While the church became a cornerstone for freedom and equality in Birmingham, it also became the focus for white hostility and racial violence. The white supremacist group, known as the Ku Klux Klan, was founded by Confederate veterans in the late 1860s following the Civil War. A reactionary organization calling for the, quote, purification of American society. Its targeted violence toward African-Americans amplified during the civil rights movement of the 1960s. Jim Crow laws mandated racial segregation in all public spaces. But in many southern cities, including Birmingham, segregation was enforced by both the law and the lawless. When the city agreed to desegregate lunch counters, restrooms, drinking fountains, and fitting rooms in May of 1963, Ku Klux Klan violence skyrocketed, and bomb threats and explosions became a regular occurrence. On September 15, 1963, the congregation of the 16th Street Baptist Church greeted each other before the start of their Sunday morning service. Reverend John Cross had prepared a special youth worship service with a lesson entitled, A Love That Forgives. It had been a tumultuous spring and summer for the church, which had hosted dozens of mass assemblies, workshops, and meetings for protesters participating in the marches and sit-ins. The Sunday prior, the church secretary, Mabel Shorter, had received a phone call from a Klansman who told her that the church would be blown up that night. Intimidating calls were frequent, and the church activities were sometimes canceled depending on the threat. But on this bright morning, church members put on their Sunday best. And cheerily arrived for a day of worship. Around two dozen children skipped down to the basement for their Sunday school lesson. Excitement filled the air as five young girls, two of them sisters, gathered in the ladies lounge. Suddenly, a blast that could be heard from miles away sent pieces of brick, glass, concrete, and dirt flying through the air. Smoke and dust engulfed the meeting house as screams from children, mothers, and fathers blended with the reverend's shouts to evacuate the building as teachers pulled children out of the rubble. Amidst the chaos, Reverend Cross, choking on dust and tossing aside debris, came face to face with his worst nightmare. Four girls, Cynthia Wesley, a young violinist and member of the church choir, Carol Robertson, a straight-A student who dreamed of being a history teacher. Addie Mae Collins, a star pitcher and athlete, and Denise McNair, a member of the Brownies who staged poetry readings to raise money for charity, lay dead, their bodies disfigured and horribly burned, buried underneath the wreckage. Fun Facts, a.k.a. Death Stats. By 1963, Birmingham was often referred to as Bombingham after 47 explosions had taken place since 1947, none of which had been solved. The four girls killed in the bombing were Addie Mae Collins, Denise McNair, Carol Robertson, and Cynthia Wesley. The bombing prompted civil unrest, and that afternoon, two more African American teenagers were killed. 13-year-old Virgil Ware was shot to death by Larry Joe Sims, a 16-year-old segregationist, and 16-year-old Johnny Robinson was killed by policeman Jack Parker, who pointed his shotgun from the back backseat of the police car. The blast physically injured roughly 20 survivors, many of them children that had been in the same group as the girls. Plansman Robert Edward Chambliss was prosecuted and convicted of first-degree murder 14 years later. His accomplices, Thomas Edwin Blanton Jr. and Bobby Cherry, were convicted 38 and 39 years after the bombing. The fourth bomber, Herman Cash, had died in 1994 and was never charged. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. And our very special guest today is Tom Merritt. Hi, Tom.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
4: Yes, we're excited to have you. Tom is the co host of daily tech news show, a podcast covering the most important tech issues of the day and the smartest minds in technology. Tom, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your show?
1: Yeah. So I've been doing a version of it since 2005. I, I used to work at CNET uh, and I, I've been at a couple other places. And the idea is to give people 30 minutes of here's the things that'll help you understand technology. So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily the the clickbaity headline of the day, uh, unless it's us helping you to understand what's behind it or, or what's making it happen. Uh, but But for all audiences from all expert levels, we try to make you the smartest person in the room on tech. That's
4: I love great. it. I'm going to send it. Uh, if you could send me the link, I'm going to send it to my mom. Uh, okay, uh, great. I was just
1: thinking the same thing, but then I also
6: thought actually more and more so these days, I feel like I'll just send that link to myself because that's <laughs> right. That's right. I'm falling victim to <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: and 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 we have we have plenty of moms, uh, and some of them are sysadmins, and some of them are beginners. Like they're all over the place, so it uh, they'll be more than welcome, all of you. <laughs> Yeah.
4: So, Tom, we like to start off the show by asking our guests, what is something that's recently alarming you? What's something that's keeping you up at night?
1: Yeah. Almost what kept me up was trying to come up with an answer for this because I, knew-
4: oh, <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, I haven't heard that one yet. But-, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but I think what I would say is uh, th- the fact that people are getting in out of proportion angry about things and unable to focus on the things that really they should be angry about really does bother me. Which your show is a great example that you can point to to say like these are things that you should be angry right. about, right. right? Yes,
4: <laughs> everything on today's list you will be and should be angry about,
1: yeah, yeah, right. Um, so yeah, when i when I see people just just raging, uh, whether it's you know Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or, or of things, and and I'm like, that's not really what's important that 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 alarms me.
4: I love that. Um, I, and I love that we can help people really focus their rage.
1: Right. Yeah. More
4: productive. Mm-hmm. rage,
1: yes. I guess a magnifying glass for rage. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and honestly, that's the perfect thing to transition into today's topic because we really should be enraged when we mm-hmm. discuss um, just the you know the events that happened occurred um, uh, during the 16th Street Baptist Church bombing. Um, and, and, and really the context in which this um, terrorist attack yeah. happened.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, so before we put stuff up on the board, I, I also want to talk about how this is, you know, this is about the victims and this is about the, um, the, the, the people, those who were injured mm-hmm. and it was also about the community and, and, and the entire city really of mm-hmm. Of Birmingham which was you know at the time like we said it was called bombingham it was mm. you know nicknamed because that that uh, bombingham because so many bombings were occurring at that time in that city it was the most segregated city in America um and there was just a little uh, this is a uh, from Doug Jones prosecutor of, of two of the bombers wrote in his book bending toward justice Reverend Cross, found it easier to forgive the bombers than he did himself for allowing his church to be used as the assembly point for the spring and summer's protest action, believing it made 16th Street and the mm. children targets for evil. Decades after the attack, I watched this fine man repeatedly beat himself up over it. It was heart-wrenching.
0: Right, and he was the head pastor of that church? He mm-hmm. was.
4: You know, the. Wow. I can't imagine you know, this is an entire community that was impacted and, 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 and what he must have felt the responsibility and, and also the fact that that's not his responsibility. You know, they were, right. Right. they were trying to do good. You know, they right. were sharing their space in order to improve, you know, the, the, the evils of society that were happening at that right. time.
1: That's so hard though, because I, I understand the, the impulse for, for people to say, well, sure, I'm not responsible but could I have done something? I mean we all do that in a tragedy right. and that's such a heartbreaking example of that, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it really is. Now, what a
6: time.
4: I know. We have to start putting things up on the board. And I want to start by putting something up on the board that actually I don't think should go <laughs> is to blame and should probably not go up on the board, but at the time it was something that was blamed. And Tom,
0: sometimes we like to put things on the board that are easy to take off just that's to right. give our act, yeah. basically, give act three, make it easier for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I,
4: I appreciate
1: that very much. Thank
4: you. <laughs> um, so let's put the communist, Jewish Americans, and African Americans. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> In his memoir, Long Time Coming, Reverend Patrick J. Smith, a trans activist and the nephew of Robert Chambliss, who testified against his uncle, wrote on May 6, 1958, a Birmingham News headline asked, quote, are Reds behind bombings, with a subhead stating that J. Edgar Hoover says communists are exploiting race issues on national scale. The next month, the Bethel Baptist Church was bombed. Police Commissioner Eugene Bull Connor asked the black pastor to take a lie detector test in an attempt to place suspicion of the bombing on him. The accusations against black people would echo through statements from politicians and law enforcement. Klansmen like Robert were quick to repeat these accusations and print them in propaganda, claiming that black people were bombing themselves, backed by a Jewish communist plot.
0: So the reason you want to kind of put this on the board is just as an example of, to show sort of the chaos of misinformation that was going on right. shortly yes. after the bombing. Of
6: it all.
4: Yes. And how uh, similar sometimes history is to, you know, how, how it just kind of like keeps repeating itself. Right. How well, things can be. Distorted. Distort Exactly.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and that's why it's important to put it on the board in order to evaluate it and probably exonerate it. Right. But, yes. but, to, but to consider it and not, not just, not just sweep those accusations under the rug, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's right. I think that's a good exercise. Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, it's, it's, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, Well,
4: it's just something that was happening at the time, right? We, we just learned, uh, about this during the, uh, the, the, the blacklist, right? The the, Hollywood the 10, ten, right? We're talking about the 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 red scare. Mm-hmm. Um this is post World War II. There's an influx uh, influx of uh Jewish immigrants coming into uh the United States. This kind of rhetoric mm-hmm. is something that we as Americans are somehow accustomed to. It's it's a it's a style mm-hmm. that keeps happening.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure, not as much as with communism anymore. But no, I, yeah. I, but I remember uh, when I was a freshman in college, I was taking a Russian language course uh when the soviet union was still in existence uh that dates me i know but uh <laughs> and then i was taking a history course that had assigned us to read the communist manifesto and i was walking across campus carrying this big red russian language book <laughs> and a copy of the communist manifesto and i was a, a little nervous at the yeah. time because it's like oh are people gonna think i'm a communist or are they gonna right. try to you know report on me e- and that was like 1989 you know, it, 1988. So it's right before the Soviet Union falls. But even then, there was still that lingering suspicion. When you're talking about the date of this in the 60s, it's, in, it's still in maybe not full swing like it was in the 50s, but it's still still got momentum. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
4: Big time. Now, let's start putting the real things up on the board. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we should start with the KKK slash or and uh, Cahaba Boys. This is according to Texas Monthly. They called themselves the Cahaba Boys after the slow moving river south of Birmingham, where every Thursday night they gathered in the woods beneath a low slung stone bridge. The splinter group of a dozen or so men was founded in the early 60s by renegade clansmen who believed that the mainstream mainstream clan was not radical enough its ringleader was robert dynamite bob chambliss a man with a long history of brutality toward black people and the prime suspect in dozens of racially motivated bombings around birmingham the cahaba boys had ties to local politicians law enforcement and the most rabid white supremacists of the day the Cahaba boys committed acts of violence with a ferocity that was unmatched even by their fellow clansmen. carrying footlong chains, battery cables, and baseball bats that had been hollowed out and filled with lead. They spread terror on city buses where they punished blacks who were sitting too close to whites and in racially mixed neighborhoods where they lobbed explosives into the driveways of black families. This is according to 280 Living, A Birmingham, uh, Alabama Alabama news source, quote, it's an open question whether they were secretly blessed by the uh, Clavern, said T.K. Thorne, author of Last Chance for Justice, about the conviction of the church bombers. It could have been a way to have a group go out and do dirty business. Back in the 1960s, the Klan was a respected organization. Many people, including lawyers, judges, police officers, and even Supreme Court Justice Hugo Black, belonged to it. It was a matter of social climbing. Mm. That is incredible to think about right now. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from the Washington Post. Uh, they wrote in 1977, among the most damaging testimony against Robert Edward Chambliss, was that of his nephew, Patrick J. Smith. He told the court that Chambliss had confided to him on the day before the bombing, quote, I've got enough stuff to flatten half of Birmingham. According to Patrick, on the eve of the bombing, Chambliss said, just wait until tomorrow morning and they'll beg us to let them segregate.
0: Okay, so... Maybe we parse through also, maybe those are two separate, right? You have the KKK, which is right uh, this this sort of political organization um, at the time. <clears throat> and you have the Cahaba Boys, which are a splintered organization that doesn't think the KKK is extreme enough.
4: Hard to even like fathom that, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, to try to
1: put the KKK and like the, the Rotary Club in the same... Right. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, Lord.
4: Um, yeah. This is just a really heavy stuff. I find I us really... Like
6: really processing this. Processing. This There's a <laughs> lot
4: of uh, pauses, moments of air, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I just can't imagine what it was like to live in Birmingham. Mm-hmm at that time, and mm-hmm. especially to be a black person living in Birmingham at that time.
1: I think one of the things it points out is how much was normalized that is no longer normalized. Mm-hmm. Not that we don't have a long way to go still, but Absolutely. you know, the fact that the Ku Klux Klan, believing its central tenets, could be considered by everyone to just be a normal, you know, social platform for white people to meet and and connect. Um, It, it, it feels not so far off from, from other clubs and things that still exist now that just aren't as avowedly racist (laughs) as that was, but To to it's it's really striking that there was a group that felt like, oh, they're they're too boring, they're too normal. And that just points to me how normalized that was to have the I don't know if it's low level or institutionalized, because it's more expressed than that, but but sort of the 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 bland racism of the day Mm -hmm. versus the more active that the Cahaba boys wanted to pursue.
6: It's interesting too, just going off of what you're saying, Tom, it's like Thinking along the lines of just like that normalization of like the just blatant racism, like how far yeah, do yeah. we go back? Like, are we like, do are do we go back? Are we putting slavery on the board? Are we putting mm-hmm. colonization on the board? Are we talking like how big do we want to make this board in terms of like how far back we're reaching in terms of creating an environment where one segment of the population just feels totally comfortable feeling superior to another right. Segment of yeah. the population and justifying like really atrocious,
4: yes. behavior
6: and feelings and
0: actions. Right. I think I think that's good. I think we should definitely put slavery on the board.
4: Well, yeah. Why don't we also put uh, white supremacy up on the board? I sure. mean, that might
1: umbrella. T- yeah, yeah. Yeah. I uh, like, and that was
4: actually a yeah. s- listener suggestion from mm-hmm. Java Adaros. Um, but yeah, that might help kind of encompass what we're what I think we're trying to. F- to say here, which is the enormity. Uh, I also like
6: what Tom said about, I like you using the like normalization of it. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. so I want to encapsulate, maybe it's just like the normalization of racism. I mean, is, that, is there a better way to phrase that
4: white supremacy, the normalization of yeah. Yeah. more
1: specific to say white yeah. supremacy? Yeah. For sure. yeah. Yeah.
4: Let's also put law enforcement up on the board. This is according to Doug Jones, bending toward justice the Birmingham police force, regardless of the intent of honest cops, was littered with Klan sympathizers who not only had the capacity to hamper inquiries about the bombing but quite possibly had insider knowledge of the crime. The ranks of the state authority too were poisoned by white supremacists and men whose primary allegiance was to segre- was to a segregated way of life. Some potential conflicts between city, state and federal authorities were bypassed by President Kennedy quickly anointing uh, anointing the FBI with control of the, of the investigation. So we'll, we'll talk about the FBI uh, in, in a second, but in terms of just law enforcement, right? Mm -hmm. The, the people who are uh, said or have vowed to protect the community, right? Mm -hmm. It was absolutely infiltrated at the time.
1: Yeah. And the fact that the church, uh, Received death threats so frequently that it was understandable that they couldn't possibly take them all seriously and yet had no assistance in that mm, right I think is another thing that points towards law enforcement right
4: oh yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good point.
6: I'm trying to think of a way um Uh, like why this is you know like why are they getting all of these bomb pits right like it's a reaction to desegregation like the civil rights movement and obviously we're not going to put up i don't want to put up desegregation as something that is to blame because that's a a positive thing but it's almost like like maybe it's like white fragility like our our at the time, their uncomfortability or unwillingness to kind of like confront the inequalities that they perhaps were participating in, you know, like it takes a uh, imagine living in that time. It takes a lot to be like, oh, wow, I'm I'm really a, a monster. Like nobody wants to admit to being a, like mm. so racist because uh, I don't know if I'm really articulating this. But I know I mean, what you're yeah. saying, Clayton. Uh, yeah. Maybe you guys can clean it up, but you know, I just want to <laughs> encompass. I want to encompass like why these things were happening and put that on the board. You know, like maybe we just put
1: white. I yeah, I feel like think? white fragility is a very modern. I know term. that's why I don't want to use and that. and and uh, granted, I wasn't alive back then, but but you know, from from what I gleaned uh, in reading and and people that I know who have lived back then, it was it was more about a threat to to the norm uh you know it was more it it wasn't just that that sort of like i feel uncomfortable it was like no this is the way it's always been why Mm -hmm. are you trying to change it it in for some people that that was that was a major part of it um and a major part of enabling the people who who felt more seriously like like our cahaba boys right
6: yeah and so is that like threatening the status quo or did mm-hmm. they feel like they were going to lose their ago. status in yeah. society because suddenly they were equal to these people that they saw as lesser than, you know?
4: Maybe we phrase it as people's, like, inability to accept change.
1: Okay. Uh-huh. And flexibility. And flexibility is good, yeah, because it's a threat to the system.
4: Right, uh-huh. and they
6: don't want to. They don't. I like wanna, that too. Like a, th- a threat, like inflexibility, threat to the system.
4: Okay, That's I nice. have a a big one to put up on the board. All right, so bear with me here. There's a little bit of reading. This is uh, let's put J. Edgar Hoover and the FBI.
6: Okay,
4: <laughs> I see a lot of smiles. <laughs> um, okay, this is according to the New York Times. No avenue of investigative activity has been overlooked. As a result, it is apparent that the bombing was the handiwork of former Klansmen Robert E. Chambliss, Bobby Frank Cherry, Herman Frank Cash, Thomas E. Blanton Jr., and probably Troy Ingram. This FBI memorandum also told the FBI director j edgar hoover that his agents had found three eyewitnesses who said that they had seen chambliss and others near the 16th street church at 2 15 a.m about eight hours before the explosion however six days later hoover ordered the agents in birmingham not to meet with state or federal prosecutors in 1978, a Justice Department task force concluded that Hoover pretend, uh, prevented the Justice Department from being informed about the eyewitnesses, even though President Kennedy and later President Johnson had pressured, had pressed for arrest in the bombing case. Official bungling, most notably on the part of FBI director J Edgar Hoover was responsible for hamstringing the local state and federal investigators who were close to solving the murders shortly after they occurred Hoover's decision decision not to allow prosecutors access to the information stalled the FBI investigation for good under Hoover. The bureau not only shelved its investigation, but it offered a cruelly inaccurate excuse to the children's parents. They said they were told the government knew who committed the crime, but lacked witnesses who would testify in court. Mm. However, Uh, Hoover, however, had been assured that two of the three eyewitnesses, including Dale Tarrant, were probably willing to testify by 1975, with the FBI still refusing to share its files. Bill Paxley, who reopened the bombing case in 1971 as Alabama's attorney general, says he threatened the president's attorney general, saying the parents of the dead children would hold a press conference in Washington to accuse the FBI of shielding the killers, the FBI agreed to limited cooperation. Now, this is uh, from The Atlantic. This is regarding Hoover. They wrote, it was fascinating to watch the ways in which he took a young generation of men who were steeped in this racist, segregationist ideology and made them some of the first generation of FBI officials. So I, I think what... I, this has not been a secret, and but I think it's more common lo- knowledge now. Was how, uh, how Hoover kind of shaped what would later become, you know, what is the FBI and how mm. how uh, he really tainted, I guess the the the
0: credibility, the,
4: the credibility. I mean, it just just from the beginning, uh-huh. it, it, you know, he was definitely not to be trusted
1: Mm. certainly enough to put him on the board there Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. uh because a a lot of that was after the fact uh but is indicative of the effects that his his policies had Mm -hmm.
4: yeah and the fact that they felt like they could get away with it right yeah
1: yeah right and that he had molded things in to make it easy to do things like that
4: right and this is not the first time that uh, there's a bombing mm-hmm. in, in Birmingham. What do you, is-
0: where do you put that in terms of w- what do you see as his motivation for these actions? Do you think that it has something to do with, you know, Klan members and government and having a certain power over him and sort of limiting him uh, in terms of fully going for it? Or do you think that's, a, you know, just old-fashioned abject racism, coming from the FBI and its members or Hoover himself?
4: That's a good question. I, I wonder. I, I don't know.
0: You know, some of this stuff we'll pass on to our yeah, guest yeah. expert, but uh, for the aftermath, but I am guess I'm curious what, you know, what, why is he stopping things up? Why is he muddying this investigation?
1: Right. It, fe- it feels, and I'm sure it's more complicated than this, but it feels like uh, a big part of it is just old boys network. Right, right, you know, right. They all right. know each other and, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it, it smells of to me as well.
4: Should we put that up on the board? The old boys the network. The old boys yeah. network,
0: yeah. <laughs> really. I mean
4: not? Um yeah, because you know what I feel like that encompasses too is um a lack of diversity. <laughs> um, yeah. you know?
6: A lack of and, empathy too, because it's like, not, it doesn't affect me. It's like, you know, yeah. we're all it, taking care right. of each other and accountability. Right. Really?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And it, and it, it enables people to ignore, even if they might otherwise be swayed, like, oh, this isn't right to be like, yeah, but everybody else is helping each other out. I'm just mm-hmm. helping a friend. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: yeah. That's a good point. Finally, I, you know, this is my list and and you guys feel free to throw anything else up you want on the board. Uh, I I thought we could put up all of us who do nothing, (laughs) question (laughs) mark. Jeez, okay. (laughs) Um, And maybe there's a better way of phrasing that, but um, this is the, according to the Atlantic, On Monday, September 16, 1963, a young white Alabama lawyer named Charles Morgan Jr. stood up at a lunch meeting of the Birmingham Young Men's Business Club at the heart of the city's white establishment and delivered a speech. He said, a mad, remorseful, worried community asks, who did it? Who threw the bomb? Was it a Negro or a white? The answer should be, we all did it. Every last one of us is condemned for that crime and the bombing before it. And a decade ago, we all did it, but you know, the who of who did it is really rather simple. The who is every little individual who spreads the seeds of his hate to his neighbors and son or his son, the jokester, the crude oaf whose racial jokes rock the party with laughter The who is every governor who ever shouted for lawlessness and became a law violator. It is every Senator and every representative who in the halls of Congress stands and with, Mock humility tells the world that things back home aren't really like they are. It is courts that move ever so slowly and newspapers that timorously defend the law. It is all the Christians and all their ministers who spoke too late in anguished cries against violence. It is the coward in each of us who who clucks admonitions. We are a mass of intolerance and bigotry and stand indicted before our young. Who is really guilty? Each of us. Each citizen who has not consciously attempted to bring about peaceful compliance with the decision of the Supreme Court of the United States, every citizen and every school board member and school teacher and principal and businessman and judge and lawyer who has corrupted the minds of our youth, every person in this community who has in any way contributed during the past several years to the popularity of hatred is at least as guilty or more so than the demented fool who threw the bomb. Charles, uh, this is just a, uh, a note from our, uh, researcher, Alex, uh, Charles received death threats in the days following his speech and he and his family were forced to flee Birmingham. Um, so this, you know, powerful, powerful mm-hmm. words coming, uh, from, uh, him, him to his own community, Yeah, which is really an example of, you know. What we should be doing, we should be talking to our own communities about the the flaws and and the racism, um, you know, amongst our own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. And
1: and, uh, and not not instead of, but and uh, the sort of of society that intervenes early in people like Dynamite Bob Chambliss to right. to say like hey what are you doing mm-hmm. why why yes. are you going down this road let, let me let me turn you away uh you know very clearly no one did that effectively with him mm-hmm. or any of the other people right
4: yeah where where was that guy
1: yeah was there a was there a lack of family upbringing and the Cahaba boys filled that in you know was there a Mm. mentor that could have stepped in just speculation you know and not excuses just just sort of looking at at, you know situations that that make bad situations worse to then lead to disasters
4: right it's an interesting
6: like thought experiment to look like how are we how is society failing how are we as a society like failing each other like how are we educating our youth like how are we failing young boys who might be more prone to these extreme acts of violence like what in what ways are we um, enabling like behavior like this yeah Um, because we do seem just like history repeats itself is one thing that we've learned during this podcast we're constantly coming up against recurring themes Mm. and this is like you know this is very similar like the the extremist nature of it um, doesn't seem it's horrible, but then you're like, right? It's like you can watch TV today and see very similar stuff mm-hmm. happening. It's not like this is totally. from the '60s and we figured it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
4: Something that you know feels like you know pops out to me is is how it's so important to keep relearning history and keep history current right Mm -hmm. and um just because we the takeaway from that is very important and just the fact that like even right now like florida is trying to like remove you know when when it comes to education you know it's it's trying to really take parts of history out or or you know but. censor it in, yeah, in, in many ways
0: I disallow a certain element of uh black history to be taught um and you know and talk about you know that sort of where and not
4: just florida in many other places as yeah. well yeah
0: yeah totally
6: i feel like we learned that was the phrase that our guest expert for the um we recently had the landslide uh, and she was talking about like the it was like every 100 years oh right there's like a 100 year limit look on... back where you have like a certain like emotional memory and if you don't right. remind yourself of these things like you just kind of lose it and it didn't right yeah <laughs> Yeah. it's not that just was... and that was a natural disaster but I feel like it, it. you know the same goes for all of these social issues like it's we are taught very frequently like this kind of whitewashed very clean and tidy version like these problems in our past and then like but now we've progressed and now we're better in society. Everything's and better, everything's yeah. Good, and we have to keep reminding ourselves that, like, uh, it's ongoing work. Like we're always mm-hmm. striving to be
1: more better.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah. More better. More better. <laughs> better yeah, doesn't be mean better.
6: doesn't
1: mean as best as you can get, right? Yeah,
4: that's right.
1: That's the goal, but
6: we're never going to be the best.
4: Wild is how this was at 1963. So it's it hasn't even been a hundred years. Yeah,
6: I know. <laughs> Crazy. We're
4: thirty years shy. Um, um. Yeah. So, is there anything else we want to throw up on this board? It's it's quite hefty, but
1: did we put the Cahaba Boys themselves up there?
6: We
0: did. Yes. We did. Yes. Right? They are okay.
1: Just double checking.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, making sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, and also, I mean, to that point, do we want to blame? The just name some names here in terms of Thomas Blanton, yeah. Chambliss, yeah, the oh, yeah. actual bombers themselves, Bob Cherry.
1: Yes, let's and, put the
4: them up on the board.
1: Yeah, and especially Herman Cash, who never was charged. Yes,
4: right. that blows my mind. Um, the the how these these guys got away, some of them got away with it, mm-hmm. um, is For very so upsetting. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's take a quick break and then start knocking things off the board.
5: You can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com.
2: Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
0: Who's to blame for the 16th Street Baptist church bombing? The communist, Jewish Americans, and African Americans? The Ku Klux Klan, the Cahaba Boys, slavery, white supremacy, normalization of white supremacy, law enforcement, inflexibility, threat to the system, J. Edgar Hoover, the FBI, the Old Boys Network, All of Us Who Do Nothing, Robert Edward Shambliss, or Thomas Edwin Blanton Jr., and Bobby Cherry, and Herman Cash.
4: The actual bombers. The actual bombers. Yeah. Okay, so quite the list. We can really just go ahead and take uh, communist uh, yep. Jewish Americans and <laughs> right African off. Americans off the board. <laughs> we may. <laughs> um, nope. So aside from that, then it starts to get hard.
0: Right. Yeah, because like you can't take anything off like boom right off the gate. What mm. was threat to the system again? I guess that was that's the, the status quo. Yeah. threat right. yeah. yeah. yeah.
6: right. to the status quo, yeah. That's like a more, that's a broader kind of. I mean, that on- gets
0: to, you know, at, it gets to the core of a lot of, I guess, you know, fear-based sort of political thinking, I guess I would categorize it as. Mm.
1: hmm
6: yeah.
0: You can I like so, the you word can... fear.
6: I've 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 been thinking about that a lot. That's like fear of change. Mm-hmm, that right. That kind of encircles all of this.
0: And there's a certain kind of.
6: Um,
4: I mean, per- racism should be on this board. I, I know that 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 is white supremacy. Right. I thought <laughs> about
1: that too, but um, I I, I if, if if just to play devil's advocate, yeah, uh, the argument against it is that there are so many kinds of racism. That's true. That not all of them are responsible for this. Whereas white supremacy is a very specific kind of racism that
6: yes. is directly. Okay, Good.
4: So, related. so we got we would have, it. Yeah. It we would have rolled up
1: racism
6: <laughs> into white supremacy at some point. So, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah it's, okay. it's in there. Yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Just making sure here. Yeah, yeah.
0: Can I make, can I make a suggestion to put uh white supremacy and normalization of white supremacy, roll that up into the Ku Klux Klan? Mm. Um, as oh. as it as a figurehead, and since uh-huh. since the parties that were charged with this crime were an offshoot of that organization, that bigger organization, and those were its tenant sort of those were some of its principles, right? Right, sure. Although I guess white supremacy is even doesn't even encapsulate the Ku Klux Klan because they were also I anti think- uh, religion too, as well, right? Even. White religious members i guess
6: i also feel like you don't have to be um you can subscribe to like the idea of white supremacy but somehow feel like you're morally above something like the clan do you know what i mm-hmm. mean like like i feel like people will do kind of these backflip gymnastics to like not associate with something they deem or think think as like shameful
1: but like they secretly still hold those ideals do you know what i mean it's like a dark shadow version of i'm not religious i'm spiritual yeah uh, right <laughs> yes so i guess I mean, that's I don't know. true
0: no, i don't know
4: so what are we circling here then because <laughs> I, I i don't know hard to parse I, I
1: through some of this
4: <laughs> oh my gosh this is the hardest board i think we've ever had <laughs>
1: can you fold the fbi J. Edgar hoover and law enforcement all together somehow I together think so.
4: yeah Maybe all under i think hoover right because he's at the head he's
1: setting the tone like i mean it does leader. leave out the local law enforcement yes True. right which are,
4: are to blame as well because yeah. like you said tom where were they uh-huh. they were getting bomb threats all the time why so, were they protecting this church
6: this is making me think that because all of these things are hard to fold into each other. There's like a bigger thing that maybe we don't have on the board yet that encapsulates like, it's almost, or maybe it's all like all of us.
4: (laughs) Is it all all of us? Yeah. You know
6: what I mean? Like we're all, this is, I haven't really thought it out, but it's like, it it just feels like it's hard to fold these things into one another because they all are kind of, it's like a big bad soup Of things that make it all possible. Do you know what I mean? Like,
4: is it the soup of white supremacy? <laughs> oh God, That's
1: a terrible phrase. White supremacy.
6: Oh, <laughs> oh no, no. no. <laughs> well, I appreciate you going for that joke, yes. Tom. <laughs> Thank you. That's great. <laughs> it was a question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, sure.
4: yeah. <laughs> uh, um, gosh. Okay, inflexibility. Take that off. To okay. me.
0: When it comes down to some of this stuff, I think, uh, I think when we get too big and broad, it's better to put a face to these.
4: So the you were going toward the bombers. So I think
0: like the like Ku Klux Klan, Cahaba Boys, and Mm -hmm. the bombers. To me, I, I just feel like we should. Or a sense of justice. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, these were this, they had to source this dynamite. They had to plant this dynamite. They planned it. I mean, it was vicious and it was, and we're talking about this particular attack. We're not talking about, you know, the civil rights conflict in Birmingham at the time. Right, right, right. right. Mm
4: -hmm. Okay. That, that, so then in in that case, I guess we do take Hoover off the board as much as I want to uh, blame him. Um, we take the FBI off the board and in all fairness that came afterward although I stand by saying that if you create that kind of atmosphere mm-hmm. you you yeah. embolden people to yeah. really feel like they can do that mm-hmm. so yeah.
6: yeah does that also then kind of knock off this
1: the old boys network
4: right yeah it would I think yeah, yeah
1: the w- the way I'm starting to think about it now based on what we're saying is these larger historical forces certainly affect the more local ones, mm-hmm. but uh, to, you know, but they are not the direct cause. And and if and and without absolving them, if you do have to narrow it down, the more direct actors are more responsible. Mm-hmm.
4: Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And, and
0: and and the flip side of that is is like if we if we do blame something like a broader concept, there's almost like we're absolving this this action, right, 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 right.
4: yeah, right. it's really wrong. We can't let it happen. No,
1: like no, no. slavery caused thousands, millions of ills. Yes. Right. yes, you know, and and this 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 was just one of them. Whereas the Thomas Edwin Blanton, Bobby Cherry, mm-hmm. and Herman Cash. They they caused this, you know, very right. directly. Right. They yeah.
4: yes, um, okay. That 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 feels like a good way of approaching this. I I appreciate that. So then, for me, it would be the the bombers, right the oh. the the four bombers. You oh. we send them to the alarmist jail, and Are they we, all together. I yeah, feel I like Chandlers
6: okay. though deserves like his own <laughs> bad cell, You know what I mean? Like he, he kind of seemed to be the real Man, The guy's name was dynamite. Bob. Right? Yeah. It's terrible. It's just, yeah. The planner behind it, you know, like he was really taking mm-hmm. the lead here. So it feels like he deserves special attention, which is why I feel like.
4: Right. More jail. Okay. Oh,
6: no, <laughs> I don't know. We don't really have a category for that. They're all in
4: jail. Right. Uh, his Maybe you slap him bold. too. You could yeah. give them a big oh, slap and throw them all true. in jail. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, so then who do we end up slapping? Do we go with white supremacy? Do we slap white supremacy? Hmm, Do we slap the, the, the group, the Cahaba boys? Or are we saying that like we're folding the Cahaba boys into the four bombers?
1: I guess there's more people in the Cahaba boys than the four bombers, or is that the same
4: it seems like there were more people, yeah. but maybe yeah, okay. not that many more. Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. And I think if we jail the four individuals who are believed to have carried out this atrocity, then we have an opportunity with the slap to sort of address another ill that that we feel yeah. is, is specific to this tragedy. Right. Mm. So I don't I know agree. what that is or what what we could sort well, of. Well, if we're use. staying
4: local, then perhaps we slap the uh, law enforcement, uh-huh. local law uh-huh. enforcement, yeah, for not protecting their citizens, yeah, and for allowing the you know as an organization to be infiltrated by um, a white supremacy and and you know members of the KKK and mm-hmm. and that kind of uh, mentality.
0: Yeah,
1: I almost want to say law enforcement leadership specifically.
4: Uh huh. You know right.
1: Because even, and and I'm not saying I know there was or wasn't, but even if there was somebody who who said we should do more, they weren't allowed to. Right. Right. Exactly.
4: So, okay. So
1: let's, I I
4: think that's what I'm leaning towards. mm -hmm. Um, Big slap. Yeah. And I, you know, we're going to have a guest expert (laughs) who will hopefully shed even more light. um, And that will be good to have uh especially on this one so um i'm gonna call it local law enforcement leadership you're getting the big slap robert edward chambliss thomas edwin blanton jr bobby cherry and herman cash the four bombers you're going to the alarmist jail okay that was a really hard uh (sighs) tom i mean welcome to the show
6: yeah, right. i know you we tom, really last last week we
0: did uh who's to blame for the ross and rachel breakup on friends yeah i so. just missed that oh, one. i'm so glad oh. i dodged
1: that bullet Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness grown. i had a, a very easy clear historical exam. yes yeah you're
4: welcome you're welcome yes, thank you but seriously tom thank you so much for joining us today and helping us uh Get to the bottom of who we thought was to blame for this t- uh, atrocious uh, church bombing.
1: Well, no, you're welcome. Uh, and and in all seriousness, uh, this is a lot more thought provoking. And 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 to your point about remembering, you know, uh, possibly important uh, to go over. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to work through that. Th-
4: thank thank you. We're all we're all we're all thanked. <laughs> In the aftermath, in addition to the March on Washington and President John F. Kennedy's assassination only five months after proposing a Civil Rights Act on national television, the 16th Street Baptist Church bombing increased worldwide awareness and pressure on the federal government to address civil rights issues. In response, President Lyndon Johnson passed the Civil Rights Act of 1964. The act outlawed discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, or national origin required equal access to public spaces and employment and enforced desegregations of schools and the right to vote. Visit our website and let us know who you think is to blame at www.thealarmistpodcast.
3: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.
4: Dot com and follow us on Instagram at the alarmist podcast and on Twitter at alarmist the you can also send us your thoughts via email to the alarmist podcast at gmail.com today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton early with fact checking by Chris Smith and editing by Molly hockey thank you to our associate producer and researcher Alex Paul The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith and the ERIOS Network. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing the Jolly and Wallabog Massacre. ERIOS
5: Powered by ACAST